These are the five things that the Antichrist is going to accomplish in the last days. And the last one's going to shock you. Number one, the Bible says that the Antichrist will build a one world military. All the militaries on the planet will listen to this one man. Number two, it says he will build a one world government. He will bring all the governments and the United Nations and all the powers of the earth together under one umbrella. Number three, it says that he will build a one world religion. The Antichrist will get everyone to coexist. Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I learned the most incredible film fact the other day. Uh, David Lynch famously does not like to explain his movies in interviews. <laughs> People will ask him, what did this mean? What did that mean? And he'll like deliberately not answer the question and then just talk about like, you know, guided meditation instead. Right. <laughs> like he's just, he's all over the place, but like he just, he doesn't like, you know, if you want to know what it means, watch the movie and whatever it means to you is what it means, you know? And, and some of his movies he made without having any idea what he was doing. Like when he made a racer head, he didn't know what any of it meant right. when he was filming it. And he only kind of pieced together what it meant to him later when he was editing the film. Um, but he, I mean, he had inspiration for what he wanted to do and what he wanted to shoot. He was just kind of making it up as he as he went, and he filmed it a little bit by bit over the course of five years. So, like, you can probably imagine that, like, your train of thought, you know, over a five year filming process, um, sporadically as you like got more money to buy the film and could afford to shoot some more, like, uh, could change dramatically, <laughs> you know. Right. So, uh, but incredibly, uh, I, I caught this clip of an interview he did back in the nineties where he just flat out said what lost highway was about. Right. And lost highway ha- is, you know, sort of a neo crime thriller, but also like some completely paranormal shit happens that makes no fucking sense. Right. right? And, you know, really lost highway was kind of like my big introduction as like a lot of nineties kids was to David Lynch. Um, you know, some people will probably were into twin peaks. I was a little bit too young to get into that when I first aired. But, you know, you had like the fucking Marilyn Manson and fucking Nine Inch Nails songs on the soundtrack. And it was just like, whoa, what's this fucking movie? And, you know, it's about a guy who gets accused of killing his wife. And while he's in jail, suddenly he turns into a different person, like a guy like half his age. And they're like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing in our jail? And they let him go. And then he suddenly like is has having this affair with a mobster's wife and they're coming after him and then inexplicably he just turns back into the guy he was before and there's this creepy dude with a camera at a party was like filming him and he's like who are you he's like i'm at your house right now call me and it's just like what the fuck is going on and you know basically the movie ends with bill pullman the the police have caught up with him now and figured out where he is and he's he's him now again and the movie ends with him driving down the highway with like 50 cops chasing after him right 
And then the movie just ends. And it's like, what the fuck did any of that mean? <laughs> what, <laughs> right. was, what was that? So in the interview, David Lynch is like, yeah, I was, it was basically about uh, the OJ Simpson and the cognitive, <laughs> yeah, like the cognitive dissonance he had where he, he truly doesn't think he committed those crimes, you know, and it's in, you know, and also just the fact that like he, he wrote that book and had the chapter right. called if I did it. And in the chapter, he's like, well, if I did it, I would have had to have like an alter ego that went into a fit of rage and he's the one that did it, not me. And here's what he would have told the cops and lied to them. And of course, that that fictional lie he says in the story is the actual thing he actually told. Oh, the yeah. It was super, super detailed. And like, you know, it- right. And, and like, who does that? Who thinks that? You know, right. so so David Lynch comes up with the story with like, you know, wouldn't you don't you wish you could just transform yourself into a different person to get out of jail for killing your wife? <laughs> so <laughs> and, and, it, and it ends literally like the same way the fucking OJ chase ended. Right. You know, like him, one car followed by like 50 cop. I'm like, oh, my God, he just fucking. David Lynch never does that. He never gives away the farm about like what the fuck the movie really was about or what really inspired it or what it meant. And he tells us, and it's like, it's so simple. It was OJ. <laughs> right. Unreal. <laughs> Blew Fucking my unreal. mind. And like, the more I've thought about it, the more I'm just like, holy shit. I want to watch. Is- I really want to rewatch it now with that context because that's, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is, you know, and it's probably one of his most conventional films if you think about it. I mean, aside from the the G-rated Disney movie about the guy in the lawnmower, it's, it's, it's kind of more of a straightforward film compared to something like Inland Empire, where it's just like a three hour long fever dream, uh, homage to the films of Maya Darren. Um, love it too. I lo- it's just, you know, it's that, that's one we were just like, I'm not even going to try to f- figure this one out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, great work by Laura during that movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> fucking such a weird guy, David Lynch. Incredible. Um, did you, did you see, um, Oh no, you haven't seen this yet, but what was, what was the movie that Spielberg just made about his life? Uh, oh, the Fablemans. The Fablemans, yeah. So this doesn't spoil anything because this, this has been revealed, like in you know press materials or anything. But um, David Lynch plays um, uh, oh shit, the fucking the the famous director that directed all the fucking um, oh, god damn it, I hate this, I hate this. What, directed uh, the searchers and um oh uh john ford yes yes john john wayne john ford i get him mixed yep. up so <laughs> in the movie david lynch plays john ford really yeah it's hilarious it's fucking hilarious um and isn't in the, the, isn't that the director fucking tarantino hates or is I, I'm, I'm trying to remember who which no he was famous he would western he no, loves there's, there's a famous western director he fucking hates i can't remember who now though yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know he loves all the Italian uh, directors. He did a, he did a whole documentary about one of the Italian directors that he he copies. But no, it, um, it is John. Ford. He he doesn't like John Ford because he he thinks he, he plays into you know he 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 excuses white supremacy and sort of his movies kind of you know. Oh yeah, they're totally mytho- racist. Mythologize, you know <laughs> the 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 kind of like you know how the West was won that type mentality. Yeah, like, no, so they're, he, they're... he doesn't like him for that reason. It's not because he doesn't think he's a good filmmaker, you know. Sure, no, they're absolutely they're, they're the most racist westerns you could ever watch. Um, but I didn't know Tarantino didn't like him because of that. But that's that's to his credit though. Yeah, so, but yeah. in the movie, the actor who's playing young Steven Spielberg, you know, twenty year old Steven Spielberg, uh, meets John Ford. 
And they didn't tell the actor playing young Steven Spielberg that David Lynch was going to be playing John Ford. <laughs> That's awesome. He didn't know it. So that he's, his actual anxiety about hanging out or meeting a famous director would be real. That's great. I mean, not that he hadn't already met, you know, Steven Spielberg, who's directing the movie that he's in. Right. <laughs> like but, the, the most famous know, living director, probably. But yeah, right. that's... but but to to not know you're about to act a scene with David Lynch until the day you get there, I would, you know, as a, as a young actor who's pretty much unknown, I would be fucking shitting myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God, what? Um, yeah, and the scene itself was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, good movie overall. Also. He... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Ahead. Yeah. But I was just going to say, he's so fucking funny when he just pops up in random things, like in, in cameo roles where it's like, we just need the weirdest guy possible to play this kid, to play this like random part, you know, just fucking bring David Lynch in. You know, to... And yeah, and he's perfect for it. You know, I mean, he's, he matches the age and the, right. you know, as the eccentricity and yeah, the this, this scene itself is, is like the last scene of the film, but it's, it's definitely you know, a great way to end the, that movie. I also watched that um, reality film about reality winner that I was talking about last week with. Uh, was that out already? Yeah. Sydney Sweeney, yeah, HBO direct to direct to the Max, Max HBO Max, yeah. Um, and she can act. I was I was impressed. She the whole yeah. the whole thing. I mean, it's based on a stage play, and you can tell because you know almost the whole thing takes place in one room. Um, but all the dialogue is actually like absolutely verbatim from the actual interrogation. So like every like awkward misspeak of a word or um, or stutter or, you know, like all of that's in there. It sounds like real people talking because that that's what they actually all said. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like movie dialogue. That's for sure. But, hmm. uh, and they nice. kind of lean into like the Russiagate stuff towards the end, but they, they kind of don't at the same time. Like it really is more about like how these, you know, like an army of fucking cops, all men, all like, you know, seven feet tall. And here's this, you know, five foot, two inch girl, how they're just like doing everything they can to physically and emotionally intimidate her. Right. To get a confession, which right. they pretty much do. But like they already knew everything. You know, they don't go there to search your house if they don't know what they're going to no, find. She was, she was notoriously bad at covering her tracks. So, I mean, it was an unfortunate, you know. Well, and, you know, I mean, you and I both know that intelligence reports are cooked up to suit an agenda, of course, right? Yeah. So what she saw, she believed. Now, whether what she saw and she released was actually fucking true or not, that's still, you know, they've never been able to prove any of that stuff. They're just, well, right. we think that Russia did this because we would do it if we were them. You know, <laughs> like we, <laughs> right. we're, we're fucking with everyone else's elections, so they must be too. And it's like, okay, literally... The, the 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 boomer mindset that somehow 700,000 Twitter impressions could, you know, like that equals 700,000 votes somehow. Right. Like that's that's less than, you know, than half of the biggest single tweet I ever had as far as impressions goes. <laughs> that Lana Del Rey tweet I had that had like 1.5 million impressions. Um, but yeah, good movie. You should check it out. Uh, definitely. Um, has some some acting chops there they definitely like try to like you know glam her down (laughs) as much as possible and uh i think they did a pretty good job with that nice um so yeah it's on hbo max uh, right now i just tried the other night i watched uh renfield that that nicholas cage movie yeah 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 actually really good it was funny It it was like it's not a great movie by any means it's not a great you know it's not 
Yeah. It's, I wouldn't say it's a smart comedy, but it was just a fun. I'm a sucker for Nicolas Cage movies, especially where he's sure. like really off the fucking wall. But you uh, haven't seen Bringing Out the Dead yet. Right? No, that's my that's one of the holes. I, I, gotta, oh I really got to watch that one. I, I like I like Nicolas Cage, serious actor off the wall, Nicolas Cage. But I love like, you know, need need the fucking money to pay off my back taxes. You know, <laughs> I'm going to do some batshit insane, you know, yeah. fucking well, overacting Nicolas Cage. Bringing too. out the dead is all of those combined. Yeah. And it's Scorsese. And it's got one of the best soundtracks of any film he's ever done. Yeah. And Tom Sizemore and fucking Ving Rhames. I like Tom and, Sizemore. Yeah, yeah no. He's, they, and it's like, it's but portraying EMTs in a way that you've never seen them portrayed before, ever. Mm-hmm. On, I mean, that's probably the only movie I can think of about Yeah, I was going to say, I can't, I'm not, I'm not, I can't think of too many like yeah. famous portrayals of EMTs. Um, yeah, have you ever seen uh, Bad Lieutenant, the, the Nicolas Cage one, not the Harvey Keitel one? I've seen them both, and, and I... I feel like I don't remember. No, yeah, no, okay. Yeah. That movie is yeah, fucking yeah. bonkers. Like that's a fever dream type movie too. That's that's, that's one where he's, he's like smoking crack constantly. Oh yeah, he's, he, he, he's, he's all pilled up and he's like fucking like you know yelling at the people at the pharmacy. He's like a bad you know obviously bad. He's lieutenant. a bad lieutenant, he's, he's a, right? <laughs> it's right there in the title. Uh, yeah. But in New Orleans, yeah, it, that's a great fucking off the wall uh, late career cage performance. But you know. Dude's a good actor. Yeah. He wants to be. I mean, he, you know, look, didn't fucking win an Oscar for leaving I, Las Vegas for nothing. Yeah, I watched that um, movie Pig that you did. Oh, I wanted to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good, but it's just like like you feel kind of bereft by the end of it, where you're just kind of like, oh, huh. He's done All really right. interesting <laughs> movies like that late career, like that movie. There's this great fucking horror movie called Mandy that's like kind of more. Pre- it, it's it's not. It's schlocky, but it's kind of like prestige schlock. It's I don't know. It's very oh. hard to explain. <laughs> it's 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 just it's a well made schlocky horror movie, you know. But uh, prestige schlocky, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> Colorado Space he did pretty recently, which is like an H.P. Lovecraft movie. So I don't know, he yeah. he makes entry. He does a lot of movies, so there's always going to be at least some interesting things every you know two three years that he does because he does seven movies every two three years so right like all right Seriously. two of these are gonna be good two of these are gonna be fucking garbage train wreck you know that's i mean there's just some of those actors where it's just like they'll say yes to anything quantity Qu- it's and they're quantity. Const- it's like how many movies has samuel jackson done like 300 oh, yeah, movies right. exactly well and he, cause that, he got a late start he wasn't famous until he was like 40 so he's like fuck i really gotta ramp these up so i can you know not do this for the rest I, yeah, of my fucking I, life he probably is just like okay i i can i'm only gonna give you one take per per you know <laughs> one take per shot yep. and you're just gonna do you're gonna print it because that's just you're gonna get whatever i give you <laughs> Um, so he great, went super racist because he would do a great he'd be a great like actor director partner with with fucking one take Clint if they were just like you got one take out of me and then Clint's like all right well I only ever want one take so let's fucking right, do it right but, you know, there's the whole black thing so that probably wouldn't work out but how many movies has like Daniel Day Lewis been in like 13 yeah, his whole right. career is like 13 movies extremely selective you know and and you know thought out and then there's yeah there's people that'll just fucking churn through them but you know Hey, whatever works. Um, quality, not quantity. <laughs> right. No, no, for sure. But uh, yeah, so let, let's get into some of the news of the week because, you know, not a ton happened, although one very funny, very big thing did happen, which was the indictment and arrest of Donald Trump. Uh, again. Again. But <laughs> this time, like he. So this is this is funny because, like, again, it's shit that I personally don't care about, but I also 
he seems kind of fucked in this situation. Like it's very like he couldn't have bumbled into this one more, like in terms of the evidence trail he le- he left behind on this. It's I mean, it, it it's like the 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 guy who keeps getting away with it forever and ever and ever is only going to be caught by an unforced air like yeah. this. And and like literally everybody told him like don't do this because reasons and they did everything they could to like I I have I have a bunch of text here. Well, not a bunch. I I have some paragraphs from an article that from uh, uh, the Washington Post that just highlight how fucking funny this is. Yeah. I can I cannot stress enough how funny <laughs> It the 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 story it is for how we got to this point, right? Um, so I don't know if you had other stuff you want to get to before I jumped into. No, that. I, I just I, yeah, I want to hear all the funny details. I've seen plenty, um, but I, I just you know when I log on to Twitter and I see Trump's bathroom, his marble bathroom with a chandelier hanging in it, and fucking file boxes like piled up, like almost touching the toilet that they're so close. I'm like, this is just this man is like the the visual comedy gift that keeps on giving that. That image was right up there for me with like the standing over the 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 smorgasbord of fucking you know Big Macs when he when he had it just he's just so tacky. So I mean his tacky. his sense of and it's always been that way because I, I remember a back chandelier in the eighties in his fucking bath. I mean what, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just like his, it's it's so like what he thinks is glamorous is so fucking like just tacky and corny. You know, and yep. just like the, you see the state of these boxes and they're just sitting around, you know, they're not even like in filing cabinets or just sit, like he's a pack rat. Uh-huh. That's literally all it is. It's just it's mine. I'm not giving anything away. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. For what reason? Because it's mine. <laughs> right. And he li- it's literally like not like he's going to, you know, even the even his biggest critics aren't like, oh, well, he he's selling them to rush. Like, it's like, no, every he just fucking he's a fucking hoarder. And he likes showing it off to his golf buddies that he brings over the house. Like, oh, look. Hey, look at this classified document. I was the president. Check it out. Like, you, you think he's, Do you think he's ever read any of the oh, documents? No. Uh, he no. didn't read them when he was president. Like, you fucking think he's reading them now? This is... God. Okay. So <laughs> here's the headline from Washington Post yesterday. Trump rejected lawyers' efforts to avoid classified document indictment. <laughs> so his own lawyers... The attorney, Christopher Geist, wanted to quietly approach, ju- this is one of Trump's attorneys, wanted to quietly approach the Justice Department to see if he could negotiate a settlement that would preclude charges, hoping Anthony, uh, attorney General Merrick Garland and the department would want an exit ramp to avoid prosecuting a former president. Geist would hopefully, quote, take the temperature down, end quote, he told others, by promising a professional approach and the return of all documents. But Trump was not interested in, after listening to other lawyers who urged a more pugilistic approach. So Keis never approached prosecutors. Three people briefed on the matter said a special counsel was appointed months later. Keis, a former uh, solicitor general from Florida who was paid $3 million up front to join Trump's team, declined to comment. So like, <laughs> just he so basically he just kept like you know whatever lawyer said give him back he would fire and then just hire other lawyers that would tell him what he wanted to hear <laughs> um the quiet entreaty last fall was one of many occasions when lawyers and uh, advisors sought to get trump to take a more cooperative stance in a bid to avoid what happened friday being his indictment the justice <laughs> the justice department unsealed an indictment including more than 3 dozen criminal counts against trump for allegedly keeping and hiding classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago club in Florida. 
Interviews with seven Trump advisors with knowledge of the probe indicate he misled his own advisors, telling them the boxes contain only newspaper clippings and close. <laughs> <laughs> he repeatedly refused to give the documents back. And when some of his longest serving advisors warned of peril and some even flew to Mar-a-Lago to beg him to return them. Trump's unwillingness to give the documents back did not surprise those who knew him well. Former White House Chief of Staff John F. Kelly said that he was particularly unlikely to heed requests from people or agencies he disliked. Quote, he's incapable, his quote here, he's incapable of admitting wrongdoing. He wanted to keep it, and he says, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm the smartest guy in the room, Kelly said Tuesday, (laughs) referring to Trump. Not himself. Other advisors. This is this is the fucking. This is this, the best here. Other advisors to the FBI and National Archives wanting the documents so badly made Trump less likely to give them back. <laughs> <laughs> He's five years old. He's fucking he five years old. Is. So this is. These are quotes from Trump that are cited in the indictment. Quote, I really don't want anybody looking through my boxes. I don't. I don't want you looking through my boxes. <laughs> Trump said, according to Cochran, as cited in the indictment. Trump also said, per the lawyer, quote, well, what if we what happens if we just don't respond at all or don't play ball with them? And also he was quoted as saying, don't play ball with the FBI. Like, What if we just what if we just ignore the Federal Bureau of Investigation? And this, this, this is the last quote. This is this is from his lawyer. This is a quote. Trump said, wouldn't it be better if we just told him we don't have anything there? <laughs> we're, we're, no, we don't have any. There's no boxes here. See that like they know he has them. Like what the fu- what, what does he think they're asking him for? Like I, I and like the FBI didn't even want to get involved because it was the National Archives saying like these are classified documents that are supposed to come to us. And he has them just laying around in his house. Right. And the FBI did everything possible to like not want to get involved. And you know, finally they were just like, okay, we have to do this. You're forcing us to do this because you're basically, you know, once you're not the president anymore, you're not like I so when I worked at the Department of State, I never handled classified documents. I was working in passport services. I never had any need to, but I still had to get trained on how to handle classified documents, how to check them out, how to maintain them in a certain area that you didn't take them out of, and how to properly uh, return them to where they were supposed to be, and to catalog you know, the time and date they were taken out and when they were put back. So like, there's a record of all this stuff. Right. Right. It's, it's not just like, oh, he's got some paperwork. You know, like the, <laughs> these are classified documents that he's not allowed by law to have, let alone keep in his house for any length of time. Right. And it's like, I don't give a shit about it, but it's just like the idea that like, you can just be like, well, what if they, we just pretend like he, I don't have these documents and they'll just forget about it in a while. <laughs> it's just <laughs> insane. <laughs> no, it, it, it's truly insane. Like, of, of, yeah, you know, maybe I'm not that high profile. Maybe they'll just totally forget that they asked me for these and that they threatened to, you know, arrest me if I didn't give them back. Like of all fucking people to think that that would be an option. But I, you know, I mean, the, the other stuff, you know, the, the New York state indictments like that, that stuff, when I looked at it, I'm like, eh, that could go either way. But like, this is pretty much open and close. Oh, yeah. No, he's, <laughs> the, the only question then is, yeah, are they going to try to make an example out of him? Or are they going to, you know, because of who he is, excuse him in terms of like the sentencing? Because they're for sure going to fucking. I mean, this is the most slam dunk case of all time. Like, he's just fucking, you know, 
basically on film committing the crime you know on you know on tape committing the crime so i don't know yeah i yeah you know and it's like if that if 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 he is convicted of a felony that's it for his election right i don't see i don't know because i eugene debs ran for for president from jail like i don't know that that's actually a thing or if that's another one of those like just you know like accepted norms that that it's like oh well well you know if you if you're if you're uh convicted of a crime you 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 won't run for president not like I mean, you're you legally barred from <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't know i mean how like could you could you get elected while you're in jail yeah i think but... you could I'm, i mean you can get elected if you're dead you know like you people have been uh, yeah elected. that's right uh let me i'm gonna google it so uh can you run for president if you are, of course, it's like the first result. <laughs> if you are a felon, a uh, felon. I mean, you can't uh, get any job if you're a felon. Like, I don't know how you can get the job of president. Although there may be, and this is from CBS News, although there may be practical hurdles, <laughs> that's an understatement, involved in running a campaign under the shadow of criminal charges, including any restrictions on travel imposed by a judge, there are no constitutional obstacles to participating in the election. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah. Huh. No. Again. Yeah, like you. Like of, of all people. Like he's not gonna give a fuck. Uh, it's. Not, I doubt he's gonna serve any serious jail time. Uh, he'll just probably pay a fine and you know, whatever. But um. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that they're gonna. You know, they're gonna negotiate something. It'll. They'll. There'll be. You know, a dozen preliminary hearings, and they'll finally get to the point where they're gonna be like, "All right, you got the boxes back." you know, very sorry about it. Won't happen again until it does. <laughs> right. That's which will be the funniest part is him having to pretend that he's sorry about it. Cause he's going to get so mad about that, but whatever, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, it's hilarious though. It's like, you know, the, the, the right wing defense of this is just like, you know, he's, he's looking at a hundred year sentence over, you know, a misunderstanding about paperwork. You know, which of course that's that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> kind of burying the burying the lead a little bit with that with that framing, right. I think. You know, but so then yeah. on Twitter, I see Democrats saying that's like saying Bill Cosby went to jail for you know serving some bad drinks. I'm like, uh, one's a little bit worse than the yeah, other. Yeah, let, let's <laughs> maybe not compare this to rape. I mean, now again, probably done that too, been accused of it credibly multiple times, but. You know, th- th- this is not that. Like this, that would have been. That's a no. much more serious. You know, it's seriously like <laughs> it's yeah. not like he, like you said. It's not like he's doing anything with these documents. They're just sitting there, fucking taking up space in his shitty bathroom. <laughs> right. So right. no, it's ridiculous. Speaking of right wingers, um, I heard, saw another just absolutely hilarious fucking take. Um, and we have a clip of this. This is this is uh Charlie Kirk, the guy who every time you see his face. It looks like somebody like photoshopped it to shrink his face, but his head bigger. Right. This guy, and you know, just just the worst guy, worst fucking little shithead. He's I don't even know how old he is now, but um. So yeah, looks forty, but yeah. Right, right, because they hate. Yep. But yeah, so just run this clip and listen to what he says. Show is brought to you by Blackout Coffee. It is powered by Blackout Coffee. Family owned. 100% committed to conservative values from sourcing the beans to the roasting process. Customer support. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash charlie. That is blackoutcoffee.com slash charlie. 
Super happy to partner with them. 100% endorsement. Check it out for all your coffee needs. We are now having to... I'm, I'm guilty of this. I, I'm going through my kitchen, I'm going to my refrigerator, and I'm starting to ask the question, well, is this ketchup bottle woke? Is this mustard? I mean, literally, <laughs> we're at the place now where we have to go through, is the company that makes this? And so, blackoutcoffee.com slash Charlie, I'm sure all, many of you are coffee drinkers because you're high energy. What a way to live your life. Yeah, no, that's, that, 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 seems, that seems normal and, and, and very cool to just be like, is, is this woke? Like, is this ketchup bottle woke? <laughs> like, is, what? What? I, I, what? See, this is the funniest thing, though. Is like, did, I, did you see that clip of Trump? I think it was like a couple weeks ago where he was just like, yeah, you know, everyone says woke. I don't think anyone actually knows what that word means, but they say it about everything. I know. Because <laughs> he, he can't not say the quiet part out loud, you know, which the, all the conservative fucking pundits know, you know, deep down. They just won't say that to their fucking idiot audience. But he's just like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really mean anything. I don't know what it means. But you know, like he's like, hey, hey, I want to punch you in the face and you're going to vote for me because I have a, I have the fucking balls to punch you in the face and tell you I'm going to do it first. And everyone's like, he's right. <laughs> well, and it, it, He did that again last week, too. And he was like, yeah, you know, I talk about the whatever. I, you know, you people that five years ago, you didn't even know what trans people were. Now I talk about it. And it gets you all right. Like, yeah, he, he just like yeah, he we, riffs like his internal monologue on stage. And it's like. I just don't understand. <laughs> and that's why nobody can, you know, debate with him because he's not there doing he just a debate. He's constantly <laughs> running his mouth. Like, right. He right. doesn't, you know. I, I mean, what, it, what the, the the coffee brand he's talking about, like 100, 100% conservative values from, from the beans being picked to the roasting process. Like, what is what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. The conservative values, what do they use a different kind of coffee roaster? So, like each coffee bean is picked by a refugee with lung cancer before being right. deported back to whichever dictatorship will officiate the marriage of me and my child bride. It's it's fucking preposterous, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, and and well, somebody pulled up the the packaging of of the company, um, and, and sure enough, it's got like a like um, minstrel show caricature of a black Jamaican guy on the packaging. Yeah, that's surprising. So yeah, when, when he's talking about conservative values uh, from picking the beans to the roasting process, he means the racist mascot. Right, right. <laughs> you know, oh, at least geez. the mayonnaise will forever remain tasteless and unwoke. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of uh, racism, we should talk about this, this economist article uh, the, the, about Latin America and their workers. Uh, we, we were we were talking about this a little earlier before you went on air. Do you want you had you had some excerpts from that that you wanted to read? Well, I had a very small excerpt from the actual article because it um I tried three different web browsers and I couldn't get past their paywall um because I mean the of course the Economist you have to pay money to read their thoughts read right their fucking garbage yeah so I only have a little bit from that but I do have a little bit more from a rebuttal to that article that somebody wrote which pretty much says everything I would have said but better. So the name of the article um, was from The Economist, which is a uh, English-British uh, rag, was, Why are Latin American workers so strikingly unproductive? Uh, and as you could imagine, there is no author listed. Oh, weird. Like from the editorial board? Like just from yes. staff? But I can tell you the editorial board is three white, three white men and one white woman, all British. So... <clears throat> the, it, it begins with an editor's note. 
dated June 9th. The original headline in this article was it attracted uh, criticism for the phrase, a land of useless workers. <laughs> we have changed it to make it clear that we are not, uh, that we are analyzing the social and economic cost of low productivity. Our aim is to draw attention to the structural causes of low average labor productivity in Latin American countries. Right. So we, just to let you know, we're just, we're not trying to say they're lazy. We're just saying that they don't work hard. Right. <laughs> totally different things. <laughs> So it, this is the, for just the first paragraph of the article is all I actually have, and it's bad enough. For half a century, uh, economies in Latin America have disappointed policymakers. R- really? Policymakers where? <laughs> for just as long, wonks have invented slogans to describe the source of the region's abysmal growth. First, economists lamented a lost decade in the 1980s, during which a chain of fiscal crises sent 16 governments in the region into default. In the 1980s, what was happening in the 1980s in Latin America? Interesting. I don't know. We should we should we should ask we should ask Mr. Reagan what uh, hmm. what we what was going on down there. It's it's an interesting. Uh, could 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 the right wing death squads that were killing tens of thousands of people had yes, something to CIA do with that? CIA backed and funded and fucking trained right wing death squads. Yeah, yeah, you know, but, but but other than that, I mean, there was nothing, you know, there was just their, their own making, obviously, it had nothing to do with us whatsoever. Had, yeah, absolute, absolute historical vacuum there at The Economist. So I, when I was trying to search for, like, maybe this article was aggregated somewhere else and I could read the whole thing, uh, I, I couldn't find it, but the very next search hit was uh, a article written by a guy named Raul A. Reeves. Reyes, I'm not sure how you pronounce that perfectly, who is an attorney and contributor to CNN Opinion and NBC Latino. So hardly a left-wing analysis here, but still the title of his headline is, um, the title of his headline, the title of his article is What the Economist Gets Wrong About Latin America. I'm like, okay, so we have a rebuttal. <laughs> and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read just a few paragraphs here. The Economist magazine set off a storm of controversy last week when it published an article entitled Why Are Latin American Workers So Strikingly Unproductive? The subheading of the piece, which examined the economic situation in Central and South America, read A Land of Useless Workers. That part's actually still on the article, by the way. An accompanying photograph depicted a street musician seen above. After being slammed by readers and critics, the magazine altered its headline and added the note uh, explaining the article's intent. These slight changes do not mask the economists' racist and inaccurate views about Latin America. So you have somebody who's like basically a centrist pundit straight up calling the, the economists just flat out racist, which right. is like 100% deserved. <laughs> the article plays into stereotypes of Latinos as lazy while demonstrating a lack of understanding about the region. Sadly, it fits with the economist's history of disrespecting non-white populations. The article itself remains fundamentally flawed. The Economist asserts that the lack of growth in Latin America is due to factors like limited competition, corruption, and a large informal underground economy. The article describes Latin America's informal economy as huge. But if so many people are participating in a robust informal sector, it defies logic to characterize them as strikingly unproductive. While these workers may not be counted by conventional economic metrics, they are certainly not useless or frustrated. A more thoughtful uh, assessment might have questioned why informal economies are excluded from standard measures of productivity. Worse, the Economist article contains no meaningful mention of the U.S. role in Latin America. As the Center for Economic and Policy Research has pointed out, our government 
has long influenced the economic and political trajectories of Latin American countries through sanctions, control of internal financial institutions, trade policy, and aid programs. Doesn't even mention the coups. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, no, totally. Yeah, you know, not 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 a factor really. I would say, but but I mean, the other things he listed are absolutely true. U.S. policies have contributed to the region's underdevelopment. Um, the better to serve as a source of labor and raw materials for global conglomerates. For the economists to focus on Latin America's lack of growth while ignoring this critical historical context is shoddy journalism. The article also states around 300 million people across the continent have come to rely on social spending handouts for their income, health care, and their children's education. While, a, a, while ostensibly describing issues facing Latin American government, Governments, the use of the word handouts is problematic. This terminology would likely not be applied when referring to the generous welfare state in Scandinavian countries or the free public education available to all U.S. children. Yet when discussing Latin America, the economist dismisses lawful government programs for vulnerable vulnerable people as handouts. Anyone who has spent time in Latin America knows that its people are hardworking and resilient. They often work under substandard conditions for subsistence level wages in most countries in Latin America, in fact, do not offer generous social service programs. Last paragraph here, like people around the world, Latin Americans work to survive, to thrive and create a better life for themselves and families to suggest otherwise is insulting. And the economists myopic analysis says more about their magazine than it does about Latin American workers. Yeah, no, perfectly put. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's crazy, but you, you know, there's like just a whole fucking readership people where that's their entire worldview. And there's just no, uh, it's not even that they're being fed that because that they already believe these things. It's just reinforcing their worldview of like, yeah, you know, none of that stuff's important. And, and, you know, it, even if it did happen, like it didn't, you know, it, it, you know, it's just purely the, the, the economic choices of that country that caused, uh, all of their problems it has nothing to do with us. Like it's just, I, you know, it makes well, you fucking and, nuts. And, and any time that any Latin American country starts to show a little bit too much economic growth, guess what happens? Guess what happens? <laughs> uh, we take it. We we get real interested in them. Is is typically what happens, unfortunately. Right, right, right. Yeah. And the other thing, the article, um, the one another part of it, I did was able to read is that you know because Latin America is so rich in natural resources that most of their industries are invested in mining in resource extraction, but they haven't developed, you know, their own tech sectors and manufacturing sectors. And it's like, really, what a terrible problem to have that you don't have to, you know, have a bunch of, you know, Silicon Valley fucking boom and bust cycles <laughs> the way that right. we do because you've got natural resources. And it's like, you know, not not to mention the fact that we're trying to take their natural resources. Right. That we keep having, you know, military generals say that, you know, oh, they're, they're so rich in natural resources, we can't just, you know, leave them alone. We have to be very interested in what's going on down there and the resource management of those countries. It's like, it's none of your fucking business. And you're just saying it out loud. Right. 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 It, it, but it's just, yeah. No, we're always going to do that. Um, it, it's very unfortunate, but uh, because people won't acknowledge it and liberals won't acknowledge it, they'll always just be able to get away with that and, you know. It's just part of the fucking complete myth of, you know, the American narrative. Um, but yeah, so yeah. There's, there's a couple other things we wanted to get to uh, before we get out of here. There was uh, some tweets we wanted to get through and then we have a, a clip to play that that may be related. But um, <laughs> yeah, so 
the the best thing about Twitter um, since Elon's come along is the readers added context they thought people might want to know. Right. It, it's like the ultimate own. Right. Like when you <laughs> when you tweet on his own tweets, which is fucking hilarious. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's nothing funnier when like, you know, you had a tweet that was so bad that the like collective <laughs> entity that is the public got together to tell you how wrong you were. Right. Right. And so <laughs> this one, the first one is just. And it's not even just like regular people doing this. This is like major news publications doing like fucking up this bad. Time Magazine, Time Magazine, which is in the still print form on every fucking checkout aisle of every single grocery store. Headline, how Ukraine's dam collapse could become the country's Chernobyl. <laughs> really? Could become Ukraine's Chernobyl. That's uh, interesting. Good thing they've never yeah. had a, a, a disaster like Chernobyl before in their history that, you know, this this could become their Chernobyl. Why was Chernobyl called Chernobyl? Because it's happened in a town named Chernobyl in Ukraine. So <laughs> while wow, the article... that, 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 that was with the Soviets, it's not their fault. You know, that was obviously just completely on. You know, Yeah, it, it's just so funny how they the, the way they pick and choose the way they apply, you know, uh, what is and what isn't Russian basically in their minds, you know. It, at any given time. Yeah, it's hilarious. So the, the context was added here was uh, while the article is grounded and written in you by Ukraine experts, apparently not the headline. The headline is misleading. Chernobyl is actually Ukraine's own Chernobyl because it is a city in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so yeah. Next, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just I I you got you. Th- this is what the community notes are great for, and it's it's kind of amazing that he allows this feature to, to exist because it's multiple times corrected his fucking false information tweets. But you know the reason he probably keeps is because I I've seen so many tweets that are like, you know, about Tesla's like psychotically dangerous fucking auto uh auto drive feature. You know, full auto, uh, full autonomous, whatever the fuck they call it. Right. Um and it always has community notes that are clearly like written personally by Elon. So I think that's why he keeps the feature around, but I, you know, it's just hilarious that he's not able to really control it and, you know, counter it when it hits like every other tweet of his, that isn't like a Tesla tweet. Right. So the next one was about the New York times article that we covered last week on our show extensively for all the fucking lies it had in it. Um, and just all the Nazi apologia it was trying to pull off, you know, all yep. the rebranding. And so I'll just reread the, the tweet itself from New York Times. The decision by some Ukrainian soldiers to wear patches with Nazi icons threatens to reinforce Russian propaganda used to justify the invasion. It could also give the symbols mainstream life after the West's decades-long efforts to eliminate them. So the reader's context here is uh, Ukraine's neo-Nazi and ultra-nationalist regiment has been well-documented and acknowledged even prior to the Russian invasion and discarding it as, quote, Russian propaganda, quote, end quote, is disingenuous. Ukraine has a history of neo-Nazi involvement, which is well-established, and they included one, two, three, four, five, six, eight links, eight links to (laughs) to back up their assertion. You know, it, it, again, it's like New York Times defending Nazis. What's new? That's that's they've always been doing that, right? Um, just just the worst. Um, oh, another thing here. This was just kind of random, but uh, the account um, holding Biden accountable is like one of the best accounts for just calling out 
blatant media bias right um in how things are covered and he tweeted out I, well he i don't know if it's he or she who whoever whomever it is um and his the tweet says when biden does something versus when another country allegedly might do this exact same thing and this is from an account an account called terror alarm and of course it's a blue check so they're paying eight bucks a month for a free website and okay so the first tweet is here from uh june 13th 2023 uh from israel <laughs> so the person who runs the, the account terror alarm lives in israel and, mm. and wants you to know that because it's right there on their tweet yep. june, june 13 2023 from israel breaking i love when people like that aren't news organizations try to pretend to be news organizations <laughs> right. by, by putting breaking at the beginning of their tweet like you're just some fucking person you're not anyway breaking u.s to finally approve deleted uranium tank rounds for ukraine depleted r- uranium is non-toxic and is used in weapons because it can penetrate tanks and armor more easily due to its density and other physical properties so <laughs> wow that's that's I didn't know that. I always thought deplete, you know radioactive shell casings were a bad thing. Turns out not. So same account, terror alarm. Uh, although this was from March twenty two thousand uh, March twenty five two thousand twenty three, didn't have a blue check then. So they're on their way up. Breaking. War criminal Putin says he will start using depleted uranium shells in Ukraine. Depleted uranium is a toxic chemical as opposed to a radiation hazard. Particles and aerosols can be inhaled or ingested and even enter the bloodstream and cause kidney damage. (laughs) So this person knows what they're doing. They just don't think anyone else is fucking paying attention. (laughs) I mean, you could. Did they not know that Twitter has a search function? Yeah, these people have no shame. I mean, it's just, you know... the whole idea is just get it to go viral. Who gives a fuck if it's true? Who gives a fuck if it's completely contradictory to something you've tweeted, you know, three it, months it's... fucking prior? Like, just get it to go viral, and that's your mission is accomplished. Right. And, and half these accounts are probably just AIs. You yeah. know, it's just like, hey, write a tweet about depleted uranium that makes Putin look bad. Write a tweet about <laughs> depleted uranium that makes America look good. Right, you know, and just, just prompts just spits it out. Yeah. So this is this is hilarious. So, and and it even says this in the in the fucking in their bio: terror alarm, non-state affiliated agenda free news media with a focus on combating terrorism through AI. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just kind of started scrolling through their tweets, and this is from Terror Alarm on June twelfth. What a sad, tragic day. NATO just stood by and watched the destruction of Ukrainian tanks happen. The first nuke should have been dropped on Moscow, the exact moment Putin was about to sign the annexation decrees. This is the oh. only way to stop Russian imperialism. Yes, by by just nuking their entire population, killing them all, and potentially killing everyone on the planet. That seems like a... This is, you know, clearly an account... Rational response. Run by, yeah, clearly an account run by somebody... That is very much in favor of a proxy war in Ukraine, not opposed to it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I mean, it seems like they want a full on, you know, not not like a, to just get rid of the proxy part and just like let's fucking let's get ripping and roaring with a full blown war. Like, sure. why, why why are we pussyfooting around it? That's that seems to be this person's uh, desire. But you know, I, sadly, people who fucking run this country think a lot like these psychos. So um, I, I wonder if I could, you know, on just on Twitter on my own account, just 
start saying that, you know, I, I want, you know, 2 million people to be murdered in a yeah, nuclear see, Like you'd like, get like a visit from the FBI, but they get to do it. And it's like acceptable right. discourse because of the, because of the passive way that they say it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I guess I got to move to Israel if I want free speech. Right. Yeah. No, that, that actually is true. Yeah. You know, can't, can't hold, can't be held accountable in a country that doesn't actually exist. So you, <laughs> you might as well. Magical land. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so yeah, um, what's this? What's this clip you sent me? There, there is a clip. Uh, the last clip, yeah, because we always like to end with something funny if we can, uh, just to shrug off the awful feelings, the stink of, of, the, of America. Yeah, <laughs> just daily the, grind the drudgery of, of doom casting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is this is uh, a um, a very well known uh, right wing commentator named Brent Tehun um, talking about uh, Pride Month in general. And Cracker Barrel specifically. Yeah. So I just seen on Fox News. They got another one. I never thought I'd have to say this, but. Cracker Barrel's fallen. They fell victim to the woke mob because they got gay rockers on the front porch. And I'm not talking about Elton John and (laughs) Freddie Mercury, Rob Halford. I'm talking about. Gay rocking chairs, and that pisses me off. Cracker Barrel, that was like a foreign embassy to us straight white evangelicals. No matter where we went in this country, we always had somewhere familiar to go, but not anymore, Cracker Barrel. I'm I'm never stepping foot in your restaurant again to have a three-hour Bible study right there at the table and then leave a religious pamphlet as a tip on the way out. <laughs> You'll never catch me doing that at Cracker Barrel again. I'm never going to buy some eggs and a sweatshirt of the state I'm currently in and some rock candy, a record player, some wind chimes, some old-timey soap, a mustache comb, and a train whistle for me and my son. And We'll keep it in my room, but it'll be like it's both hours, you know? I'll never do that at Cracker Barrel again. All I ever wanted was to sit at the table and play the peg game. I called it getting pegged. I just wanted to get pegged in front of the fireplace with a bunch of crazy shit all over the walls, but not anymore, Cracker Barrel. That little stunt you did even killed Pat Robertson. (laughs) He took one look at them gay rocking chairs and he said, it's not enough that they cause 9-11 and natural disasters, but now they're getting me. Well, you, well you're not getting me, Cracker Barrel. You might have got Pat, but you're not getting me. You go woke, you go broke. Those two things rhyme, and I like that. So here's to you, Cracker Barrel, because it's Bob Evans from here on out. I'll go down on that farm any day of the <laughs> Goddamn Canadian wildfire! <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I'm glad he finally got rid of his cough, but it did actually manage to come back there at the end. It's just, uh, that's one of the best ones I think he's had in a while. Oh, that's, that's honestly. Great. Is that actually a real thing? Is Cracker Barrel like painting their fucking chairs rainbow and, and like conservatives are having a meltdown about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was all over Twitter. Okay. And yeah. I just, and just, I, I just can't even like allow that the like the faux outrage about this shit to enter my brain anymore because i fucking hate 
everybody involved. I hate the corporations who are pretending to be fucking allies to the LGBT community by, you know, fucking pink washing their, their logo. I mean, I I sit up all night wondering is MasterCard queer, a queer ally? I don't know. I don't know. Like, (laughs) well, you saw that. I I forget what it might've been like Sydney or some major city uh, where they had their pride parade that was like literally sponsored by Lockheed Martin. Like they had the float go by. Hey, the that's red... every, every, I know one, it's every, it's, every it's single, just, it's so, you know, blatant. it's, it's, it's like, like the, the meme that somebody made of like the, every evil corporation from a movie, like the Waylon Utani logo, but it's like <laughs> the, the rainbow version. flag. Um, it's the, the, whatever the, the, the name of the company from fucking RoboCop that was trying right, to take over. Yeah. Like, and, and there's the InGen logo and the Skynet. Like, it's like, it's just, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just every year it's the same fucking thing. It's like this, this war between, you know, which corporation is, you know, going to, ban trans employees from using the bathroom or you know which one's gonna fucking slap a rainbow logo on the bud light it's just like who fucking cares like this is this is where the culture war battlefield is now yeah no it, Ugh, it's just so, so depressing it's it's, it, it's like a 10 year old's fucking understanding of, of any like it but it's just the, the the entirety of our yeah of our culture war right now so and nobody who's gay is out there being like i, I can't believe I'm it so Pe- pepsi's feel- finally accepted who i am <laughs> right I finally am a real person because of fucking Fago. Thank God. Right. I feel so accepted. Right. I feel so accepted because, because fucking Outback is, is, you know, changing, change to their logo to the pride flag for this month. It, it's just, it's fucking, oh my God. Hilarious. Um, yeah. So I think that uh, pretty much we, we hit what we wanted to hit this week. We um, hit all the walls. We hit all the walls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully some more interesting things will happen next week. Maybe another president will get indicted or something. Yeah, I want to, I definitely want more, there to be more things happening in the news so I can talk more and read less. Cause I feel like <laughs> I'm like stumbling over my words sometimes when I have too much fucking block text to read through. So I, I do feel like lucky. once, you know, election season starting to kick off. So assuming, you know, that Trump doesn't imminently go to jail, I think whatever happens will be at the very least extremely funny. Uh, <laughs> once we actually get the debates going and things like that. So, uh, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. Though. It'll be good. Yeah. yeah. And maybe if we have another like really slow week, we can pick some kind of like movie to review or something, you know, change it up for a week. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it for us this week, but, uh, if you like the show, rate, review, subscribe, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left facebook.com slash move left patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left uh, and i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah we'll see you next week Are you